right, guys, what is going on today? We are going to be wrapping up the friendship pyramid with probably, in my opinion, the most important, but also the most fun to talk about and the most unique thing to our community, which is the kind of all encompassing circle. And if you guys look at the pyramid again, it's just on our our main site. If you guys are looking for it, I also post it in the show notes for this podcast, which I wouldn't think if you guys are listening to it on a like iPhone in the podcast app, it's not going to show it, but it's just on friendshipfitness.com. Scroll down to the bottom of the page. You'll see it. I put it up there. And the community support is sort of this blanket that kind of encompasses every piece of it. And so we're going to break down kind of why we created it that way and why we thought about it, you know, in terms of sort of an individual pursuit as the the pyramid looks. And that's sort of how we are going to take it. And then we think about sort of the, the blanket that lays over it that kind of helps us be successful, that makes us feel comfortable, that makes it fun and exciting to go through this pursuit is the community and the support systems you build. And I've had a conversation on this a few different times this past weekend in a bunch of different settings. And we're going to focus first on support and the support system. It's now one of the biggest questions. And I would actually say maybe one of the more important questions that I ask to beginning people is, you know, who's going to be integral in your success? Who's going to be somebody who... If they are not on board with this, if they don't understand what you're going to be doing and they don't support you in it, then you're going to fail, right? And it's important to know the answer to that question because we all have a tight support structure and that support structure is going to be really persuasive whether or not you're paying attention to it. And, you know, I always kind of look at this a few different ways, but let's just take it as we were going through the individual pursuit of the pyramid. Okay, so let's take it from the bottom end and we'll take it all the way up. But let's think about, you know, if we're thinking about our own mental state, a good support structure is, let's just say, you know, let's say you've got a family, you've got a couple kids and, um, you know, you're just a classic, you know, husband, wife and two kids. We'll just try to keep it as simple as possible. Well, as you're going through your mental pursuit, your mental development in these things, you need to have a significant other, a husband or a wife that helps keep you present and self-aware. There's going to be nobody probably in your life that knows you better than your significant other. And if you're not expressing good self-awareness, well, they should be somebody who can help you with that. And it needs to be done in a way that's supportive, that's kind. You need to have the discussion of you know the type of person that you want to be. When we talk about those statements of, I am the type of person who, you know, you need to express that to your significant other first and foremost, and you need to have those understandings between you. You know, I'm the, I'm a high integrity person. That's why I tell Maria all the time. It's one of the most important things to me is have a high level of integrity. And she knows that. And if there's any ever a time where I'm not expressing high integrity, you know, my hope is that she's going to just flat out call me out on that right away and help me see how, you know, the errors of my thinking, my flaws. And one of the struggles that I think a lot of relationships have with this is they maybe only have this conversation 
or they share these things like during fights like they it almost comes from like an accusatory or an attacking standpoint as opposed to maybe thinking about it instead of something that you sit down and you schedule and you you time it out where you you know have a dinner or a date night every friday you know the the grandparents are going to take the kids and we're going to go out and go and have some pizza and during that pizza we are going to sit and have a conversation about just this, the type of people we are, the type of people we want to be, how are we progressing towards those goals? How are we progressing in our relationship? Um, you know, what are things we're struggling with at work personally? Um, you know, parent wise, what are things, how can we communicate about that? And then drawing back on that in later dates as a self-awareness piece. Okay. We had said we want to be the type of parents who don't let our kids you know, use screens for more than 30 minutes a day. How have we done on that the past few weeks? And you can don't blame, right? No BCD. This is the hardest thing for relationships during this time is no BCD, right? It's not, well, you let him, you know, be on the iPad for four hours the other day, right? Uh, That's a very negative way to take it. Instead, a better support structure would be, you know, you know, well, I let, you know, Johnny sit on the cell phone for maybe an hour and 15 minutes the other day because I was really struggling and I needed some alone time or I really needed to get these things done. And, you know, you weren't around. So, you know, I didn't really know what else to do. And so we maybe need to do a better job of communicating when I have those things to do about how, you know, you could be there and then I could get the laundry done and I could go on the errands and I could do these things so that Johnny doesn't have to be sitting on the cell phone or on the iPad for so long. Right. And you have that communication process. And that is what support looks like. That's what a team looks like. And the cool part about the support from a mental end is, you know, my hope and the reason that this sits in the friendship community is that's just one degree of support. My hope is that, you know, that's your most intimate. That's the one that, you know, does get into personal life and work life and these other things. But my hope also is that you also have a support structure inside of the gym. And that should be two or three different parts. The first part is you should have a support structure for your exercise. You should have, you know, coaches that you feel comfortable going to, to discuss the struggles and things that you're, you know, maybe not feeling like you're prepared for, maybe that you're not enjoying, whatever it is that you can discuss about the exercise portion of it. And then we have the nutrition team where you can discuss the struggles and some of the things that you want to be implementing and get better at from a nutritional standpoint. And then the other piece of this, guys, is the accountability and the support structure of the other people working out beside you. And people who do this really well are the ones who are constantly meeting new people in the gym and then texting or calling or, you know, Facebook messaging or Instagram DMing or whatever about, you know, how to help hold each other accountable, you know, and we saw, we just saw great examples of this with the masters where, you know, you sign up with somebody and then it's, Hey, let's get together and practice the workouts. Hey, let's make sure, you know, as we get closer to masters, we want to be hitting three or four days a week, really consistently. When are you working out? I want to be there together. And you have this, these different tiers of support structures. And if you do it the right way, 
What you'll find is that you'll have all these people recognizing when you're not holding up to the things that you said you wanted to be. So if you said, you know, hey, I really want to be the type of person who doesn't smoke anymore, who doesn't drink soda, who loses 20 pounds and who shows up to the gym four or five days a week. Well, you, sh- you know, and then let's say you go a week where, you know, you relapse, you start smoking again, uh, you know, you go out and have pizza and you drink, you know, an entire two liter of Coke and you just skip coming to the gym for five days in a row. Right. Well, the hope is if you've taken the time and you've built the relationships and you've communicated effectively that your support structure would start to kick in. You'd get a text message from your fitness coach. You get a text message from your nutrition coach. You get an email or a phone call after a few more days. And then, you know, you're the person who you've been working out with your workout partner who's been, you know, hasn't seen you for a couple of days is, Hey, I'm going to the four 30 today. Are you going to be there? You know, Hey, like I, we should get together for a workout this week. Hey, when are you going this week? I want to meet up. And And that support structure starts to kick in. But if you haven't invested the time in making sure that that you've communicated effectively, right? When we talk about the next piece of the mental puzzle is that positive and engaging and the focus is committed to improvement. If you're not there yet, then the support structure is going to fail you because you have not communicated effectively to it. So the support structure is only going to be as good as you want it to be. It's just like all the rest of this. But we are going to start to struggle right out of the gate with the support structure if we're not open, if we're not honest, if we're not present and aware, positive and engaging and committed to improvement. And what you find, and I try to tell people this all the time, and obviously we see big ebbs and flows of people who are really taking advantage of this and then people who wane and don't take advantage of it at all. But what you find is you are going to get what you give, right? And I think this is just true with anything in life. But let's just say generally in this capacity, you are going to get what you give, Okay. If you are somebody who helps hold other people accountable, if you are somebody who is there and present and constantly engaging and meeting new people, helping hold them accountable and so on, you're going to receive an overwhelming amount of support from the community from the coaches uh, on every level of coach, from the other people working out beside you, from your friends, from your family. If that's the type of person you are, if you're somebody who provides support, you're going to receive a lot of support. And there's all kinds of amazing examples of the people in our community who do this really, really well. But on the opposite end of that, the problem that I find most often with people is they don't give a lot, if anything at all. And then they try to start maybe taking some or they start to get frustrated because they're just not receiving it without, you know, having given anything. So they haven't communicated with the coaches about what their real goals or intentions are. They aren't aware of their present state. They aren't engaging. And when you try to communicate with them, they aren't positive and they're, they're waning in their commitment to their improvement. Right. They're not really committed at that moment. And when you start to find you try to meet people, you know, from the coaching end of things or the community end of things, when you try to meet people in that space and they're not in a good place during that time, a lot of times they're not even ready to receive the support that you try to go out and give. 
And that's super frustrating and really, really challenging. But again, it always comes back to, you know, your own mental place. So if you're not in that first mental place, you can't expect to just just randomly receive help from people. And I think this is a huge problem as it pertains to suicide. This is a huge problem as it pertains to depression and all, a lot of the, the mental ailments that are kind of affecting our community is sometimes you do have to ask for help. It's so hard for people who everybody in the world just has a million things going on. They're pulled a million different directions. And no matter what way you want to look at it, everybody's focus is still right in front of their own face. And we like to think that like, oh, well, you weren't there. You weren't there to help me or you weren't there. Everybody's dealing with what's Bill Burr say. He goes, everyone's dealing with their own shit sandwich. Like just, you know, figure it out. And it ends up being one of those things where, you know, if if you're going to just wait and rely on other people to randomly come to your rescue without going out of your way to even just tell somebody like all it takes is this shoot a phone call to a good friend or family member and just say, Hey, I'm struggling a little bit right now. I really want to be the type of person who commits to health and happiness, exercise and nutrition, but I'm just in a rut right now and I need some help. Can you help me? That's all it takes. And I don't know why it's so hard for people to do that. And probably if we could figure that out, we'd unlock a lot of big problems. But just in saying that, like I'm telling you now, it's okay for you to ever send me that text message or phone call. And there's a hundred or 200 or 300 other people in our community where it is okay to send that text message or that phone call to them. And we cannot, cannot, cannot get into the trap of being afraid of that. Because if we become afraid of that, then we all lose something. We all lose the ability to help each other. And this will swing sort of from the support over to the community end is that's what we're doing here is we are providing a group of people, a community where we say it's okay. If you're a part of this community, it's okay to say those phrases, seek help, find people who are going to you know, come to your rescue, be in your corner, call you, text you, help you, provide those you know, those quote unquote safe spaces to provide that support so that you can get back on track. And then when you get back on track, it's expected that you do the same for other people. And we can't be just take, 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 take. It has to be a give and take. So if you reach out to people and you say, hey, I need some help, and then you get that help and you get those text messages from friends about showing up to the gym, about eating healthy, about you know signing up for, let's sign up for this competition. Let's sign up for this challenge. Let's do this thing and let's hold each other accountable. But then when it comes time, when you've got your shit really dialed in, you're not there helping the other pieces of the community. And that's just one of those things where it's going to come full circle at some point. If you just take, 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 you will hit a point in the future where you need support, where you start to struggle. And you're going to need people in your corner for that. 
And if you haven't been giving, then the zealous nature of that is going to be a little bit less, right? Like people won't be, you know, crawling all over themselves to help you. And they'll still be there. Like we'll still be there. The coaching staff will still always be there. The core community, the people who are always, who have just been there helping people for years and years and years and been, you know, the, the foundation of our community, they'll continue to be there and they'll help, but you're still going to have to go to them. You're still going to have to ask for it. And, that this is one of the things that as just a, a community, I think we could do better at. And I'm trying to make sure that, you know, I put this out there that we're consistently talking about these things. We're consistently talking about the mental place of health and fitness, nutrition, movement, all these different things. And that's what this podcast is about is, you know, guiding and leading our community to be a better place to help each other to be a better place where you can start to send a friend a podcast or send a friend a message and, you know, kind of take the things that we're talking about here and offer that helping hand of support. And that might be all it takes sometimes. Sometimes somebody just might be struggling and you just popping a a podcast to them or a, a text message or an article or a blog post or a video or whatever that might be the thing that they read or they watch and they get some motivation out of it. And then the next day they just, they do that hard thing. They get up early and they walk in the gym and that just starts that momentum ball back rolling. And then they see you there and you give them a big old bear hug and you're like, dude, it's so great to see you. How are you? It's it like, I'm so glad you made it today. Let's have a great workout. And then you get that feeling again. You're like, yeah, like, all right, cool. Like, all right, I got this now. And that is the power of the support structures that we can build in our life. And, you know, my goal with this or, you know, Grant and I's goal when we created the pyramid is to think that this is what makes friendship and this is what makes what we are trying to do generally and globally a little bit more unique. And for those of you guys who don't know, there's, you know, fitness is ever changing and, you know, starting gyms or being inside of the fitness industry is always a bit scary for people because how much it is kind of constantly changing. The landscape is always, you know, these new technology things are coming out and like, check out this hot new gadget. And, you know, I always kind of think about it as those hot new gadgets are just like when we were growing up, it's like those, you know, as seen on TV things. So like the classic one is like the thigh master, the shake weight, like the the silly ones are sort of the ones that get remembered. But, you know, there's there's hundreds of them. There's that little like ab machine where you put your head on like a pillow and you reach your hands back and you do like a million crunches on it. And it's like, People were paying money for these things and they still pay money for these things. Now they're just packaged and the companies are just way better at selling them. Right. So they have, you know, huge advertising industries behind, you know, Peloton and Mirror and some of these other things. But what you find and what makes what we do super unique is this is we have. First of all, we talk about the things that we need to be talking about, right? We talk about how mental and nutrition and movement are sort of the pillars of, you know, health and fitness and nutrition. And, you know, if you sign up for Peloton, great. Like you can, you can pedal a bicycle a few times a week. I'm sure, you know, they've, they've packaged it in a way that's like a video game. So it's kind of fun and it's exciting. You're going to have some aerobic health and fantastic, right? 
But at no point during that are, are you going to be engaged to work on developing a better mental state? At no point during that are you going to be held to task and accountable on working on your nutrition, which is significantly more important than your cardiovascular health. At no point will you be focused on making sure that you can still move all of your joints in in all of the ranges of motion that it is required. In reality, you're going to be cramped on this bike and working in a very, very small movement piece, and you will lose something for that, if not in the near future, definitely in the distant future, where your joints are going to start to hurt. You're going to have lower back, knee, hip, ankle problems. All these different things are going to come up in the future. You know, if you guys have ever seen one of those poor, I always say old ladies, but old guys have it too, but one of those poor old ladies who has a really, really rounded upper back. And you know they just can't like reach over their head and they're struggling with things like that to me is always one of those things where it becomes so important to work on your mobility each and every day to make sure that we're maintaining that motion. And when we get put onto a Peloton bike or whatever it is, we are no longer working on that long term development. And this is where coaching really comes in is, you know, we sit here as a coaching staff all the time and we say, what mistakes have we made? What mistakes do we see out of people as they grow up? What mistakes have we seen out of CrossFit? What mistakes, you know, do we see out of general fitness trends and where people are coming and how do we create a plan that is what people need? It's not necessarily what people always want. And that's how the packaging matters, right? That's where like, you know, a fun class environment or a partner workout or something, you know, as accessory work after something that's fun. You know, it's like we try to get these little things in. So it's like a mix of kind of, you know, it's like a dose of what you need and what you want. So it's, you know, like taking medicine and then, you know, getting a cookie afterwards or something, you know, it makes it go down just a little bit easier, but you still got what you needed. And that's the that's the first piece, right, is a lot of these different, you know, the the new technology and things. What they are, in my opinion, is they are people basically avoiding what's actually right for them because nobody's really holding them accountable to what they need to be doing. And it's interesting being a fitness professional out in like the social world. Right. So I go to you go to a wedding, you go to a party, you go, you know, see family or something and you, you have all these different conversations with people and you know they're like oh yeah you know i do this or i do that and you're just i I just i don't have i don't engage anymore but every now and again you do and you know and so like people are like yeah you know like i've i've been you know running and i'm a runner and you know i do all these marathons i do this and i do that and like i just had knee surgery and so like you know what do you like what do you think like i should be doing or you know i'm thinking about you know i'm getting a new hip what do you think i should be doing and like it's it's hard for me at times to hold back of telling the person what they should be doing, like what is right for them. And people have one of two reactions. They're either open-minded, they have a growth mindset and they look at it and say like, wow, like that's interesting. Like I've never, nobody's, I've never had the opportunity for somebody to tell me what's right like what I should be doing. I've never talked with a fitness professional who's a coach who can actually guide me to what I should be doing. And it's it's a revelation to them. And, you know, whether or not they take action on that, I don't know. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But on the other end, what you get met with a lot of times is just like this really fixed mindset and like it's just this well that's what I like and like I don't care if it's what's good for me I don't care if blah 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 and I don't care it's just like you know you can't deal with that 
and it's okay. And that's fine. That's where that person is in their process is they're still stuck thinking that doing things that they like all the time is like good. And I think what we talk about a lot is it's not good, right? What that causes is a fear of challenging yourself, a fear of challenging the way that you think, a fear of going outside and looking for something better. And, you know, we should always be in that open mindset where, you know, we're open to hearing new trains of thought, some new thing that might be better. And then we go and try it. And we listen to the information. We talk to the coach. We, you know, whatever it might be, we, we hear the points of discussion on both ends and then we use our critical thinking skills to say like, yeah, that like I think that I maybe steer a little bit more this way. And if we stop doing that because we just do what we like all the time, well, then you're going to be the type of person who, you know, just think about think about all the things that we have to do all day that like aren't necessarily just what we like. Right. Like nutrition is entirely the process of, you know, not necessarily doing what you like, but doing what's best for you and doing what's good for you. Mental health, I think, is the same thing. It's like a lot of times it means, you know, not going with the mind numbing entertainment that people have become so good at developing where it's you're just like clicking on YouTube videos after YouTube videos or scrolling on Instagram after Instagram after Instagram because they have developed a process to get you into this mind numbing state to keep you on the app and nothing more so that you see more advertisements so they make more money and that's it and if we just did that all the time we would lose something mentally like that should be very obvious and it's the same thing from a movement perspective right like if you're just doing one thing if you're just running or you're just weightlifting and you're skipping out because it's kind of what you like and you don't like the other thing you see this a lot right you see a, a lot of times like it's it's runners or or it's guys with weightlifting and we get both ends coming into the gym and the biggest thing is they they're either going to love it or they're going to hate it like they're going to love it because it's they're sick of just doing the same thing all the time and the variety is awesome to them they're like oh this is so cool like i get to lift weights and i still get to run and i get to, you know, I get to play around on, you know, the gymnastics bars, which like I used to love monkey bars and playing on stuff when I was a kid. And now I get to do this stuff again and I get to run, I get to jump and I get to lift sandbags and do heavy stuff and push sleds, carry partners, you know, and, and meet people and ride bikes and and push rowers and sprint and, you know, run long distance. I get to do everything all at once. And like, they love that variety of it. Or you get people where like, I hate running. Like, I just want to lift heavy. Like, I just want to lift weights. I just want to do this. And again, it kind of gets back to that, like fixed mindset is, you know, it's if we look at things that way, like we have to look at the things that are challenging us as the things that are the best opportunities. They're the lowest hanging fruit. The best ways for us to reach improvement is through going at the things that are maybe uncomfortable for us or that are maybe slightly not great for us. And that's really what we have created that is unique is we are a community of people and you only last, you only survive in this community, in our support structure. If you can become a person who accepts that those challenges, they accept challenging themselves. They accept challenging their way of thinking and their way of being. They accept, you know, 
trying to get out of their comfort zone a little bit on nutrition, trying to push their mental boundaries a little bit, you know, do something that's a little uncomfortable, try new things, go out and sign up for stuff, get involved, be aware of your mental state, right? Work on your movement and mechanics, squat if you've never squatted. Try a handstand before. Like, think about if you guys can remember back, and that was like, I know it was for me. I did not attempt my first handstand in life till I was like 24. I was in Grant's kitchen, hardwood floors. I was watching a video on CrossFit.com because the workout the next day had handstand stuff in it. And I was like, huh, I'm sure I can probably do that. You know, like I can do it. I've done a million pushups in my life, been in the army forever, done all these different things. And it's like, okay, cool. Like, let's just, let's give it a shot. (laughs) Kicked up, fell right on top of my head on the hardwood floor, like cracked it, had a big old knot on the top of my head. And then it was like, all right, okay. Like that's a lot harder than I thought it would be. And so then I went and got a huge stack of pillows and did it again and did it again. Kept moving my hands around, kept trying to figure it out, couldn't figure it out. So I ended up taking a mattress and putting it out in the front and Grant comes home and I've got all these pillows and mattresses out and I'm like, got a big knot on my head and I'm just like tenaciously trying to work on figuring out how to do a handstand. But for a lot of you guys, like you think about how scary of a proposition of that is you're, you know, uh, we had Matt LaMonica senior, you know, 60, I think 63 or 64 years old, you know, had some shoulders. She has these, had these different issues coming in. Just like any 63 or four years you know the body's not perfect and gets his first handstand kick up in his life in his 60s like think about how much you have to be willing to challenge yourself to do that how cool is that and like to me like that's what our community is and if you you know sign up for or do you know uh at, you know, you end up are like, you know, I'm just a person who signs up for online programs and workouts in my garage or, you know, and, and I'll circle back on this in a second or, you know, I just do an online program or, you know, I have a, you know, I have this bike or I have this running program and I just kind of follow that blanketly. But you have no, you know, you have no coach, you have no other athletes, you have no training partner. You say, I have nobody else to hold you accountable to do the things that you need to be doing, right? If you're a marathon runner and you don't have a coach around telling you that you need to be doing strength training, you are massively losing out on your potential, on your potential as a runner, as your potential for your future health and well-being, it, it just potential, just period across across the board, all over, and that is like what we are. That's what community. That's what the support structure that we have built is, and that's why when people come in and they come from other gyms or they come from other you know fitness areas and stuff, and when they buy in and they start working on the stuff, they're like, wow, like this place is amazing. Like this gym is so different. It's so, and that's why, because you're surrounded by people who are willing to take on challenges and want to take on challenges because they know that listening to a a coach challenging them or listening to another athlete challenge them is somebody looking out for their best interest and they have a growth mindset towards it. And when you start to, you know, pair that together, a bunch of people doing that same thing, like something really special happens. And so when Grant and I were developing this and we've had all these different talks and conversations with so many different gym owners and people in the space and consultants and all this stuff. And 
you know, some of them are like, yeah, like the future is online and remote programming. Like everybody eventually is just going to have, you know, access to like a YMCA or, you know, a Dublin community gym. And they're just going to have, you know, a coach that provides programming for them or this app or this, you know, machine or this, that, or this, that. And Grant and I are just like, I don't think so. It's more comfortable for them for sure. There's Blitz's first entry in a podcast in a while. Uh, but that's that's the thing is they it is definitely easier. It is definitely more comfortable. It's more convenient, right? There's no there's no doubt about those things. But you definitely lose something in your health, your well-being, your fitness. And we see this all the time. And, you know, we've had a lot of people over the years and, you know, they they leave the community for whatever reason. They're going to pursue something. They move. They have this. They have that. They, you know, they get married and, uh, you know, they take a new job. And so a lot of these people, what we'll see is, you know, they, they love the community. They love, they love friendship. And maybe some of them will even, you know, stay on and follow the friendship programming or do these things. But what we find then is, you know, they let's say they do garage gym or they go back into like a globo gym or a lifetime and they kind of do their own thing or they find their own online programming. Well, what they do is what is most comfortable for them, what they like the most, what is the most convenient for them. And when they come back and, you know, they do a competition or, you know, they they sign up to start CrossFit again, you know, they just move back to the area or, you know, they change jobs again, they're back and they, they start to come back or they just come back hat in hand. They're like, you know what, like. I don't think I'm pushing myself as hard or, you know, I need some help and, you know, I haven't been very consistent since I left wherever they're at. What you find is when they start coming back and they get, you know, put into that uncomfortable place, you can see it's like this big, like, oh my gosh, it's like this revelation. It's this big realization moment of like, they look left and they look right. And they're like, oh, I, I used to be able to, you know, lift way more than that person. Or I used to be way better than this person. And, you know, I used to be, you know, quite a bit leaner. Or I felt better. I had this confidence. I had this structure and I was really pushing it all the time. And now like, I don't, I don't have any of that. And it's almost like you're starting back from scratch. And that is a really challenging moment for people when they start to see that like, okay, the, the community, the support structure that I had here was actually pushing me and elevating me to a level that I didn't even recognize that I couldn't see. And, you know, you start to see like, same thing. If you like uh, weightlifting a little bit more, they start coming back in and they just get throttled by cardio workouts that before they'd have no problem with. Right. They come back, they do, they do masters, they do something, um, you know, that's like a competition or a challenge and you go and you watch them and you're like, wow, like you can tell they really haven't been doing any aerobic training because they got just absolutely wrecked by that. And, you know, same thing is going to happen when you start to look at nutrition and all these other things. It's like, wow, you know, they, they, nobody's been talking to them about what they're eating and you can see they're starting to struggle with that. And that's where, when we start to take away chunks of that support structure, and when you start to take people out of the community that is going to actually push them to do the right things the right way, that's when we see a lot of complete breakdowns from people. And that's why Grant and I truly believe that there will always be a place for community-based fitness. 
right? That for class structures, for people who come in and who are challenged in a system by a coaching staff who are guided to the right things the right way and, you know, follow the pyramid and are pushed to follow the pyramid. And I think that deep down, like we, we all sort of crave that, that structure and that push and, no matter kind of where we're at with things, if we, if we give up, if we give up on that push, if we give up on that desire to help ourselves and really want the best for ourselves and challenge ourselves, then I think that we really lose something as just a society, right? As a, as a bigger community, right? I think if, if people start to fade and struggle and we, we aren't able to help them in that moment and they go and they end up taking the easy way out, right? And they end up, you know, quitting the gym because, you know, they're, they're not showing up and the coaches are calling, they're texting, people are calling, they're texting, they're trying to get people to come in, they're concerned about them and they want people to buy into the person that they said that they wanted to be. And when people don't do that, and then they quit like that for us as a coaching staff is the ultimate disappointment. And it sucks because you know that like the thing that would help this person become the person that they said they wanted to be is right there in front of them. And we're extending a hand. We're ready. We're there. And it just takes getting over that just initial hump, that initial struggle. And just just over that ridge is like is your happiness. And they quit because it's a little bit uncomfortable. And you're challenged and people just are not used to that. But the reason that our community keeps growing stronger and keeps getting better at this is because every year we adopt and we gain and we build a few new people to join that community who are willing and excited to challenge themselves willing and excited to come into, you know, mental health, you know, seminars and work on, you know, being a more resilient person, nutrition seminars and challenges who are going to work on their nutrition, movement challenges and seminars who are going to come in and work on their movement mechanics and build the strength in, you know, like a squat cycle or gymnastics, people who are going to go out of their way to challenge themselves and have a coach to hold them accountable to it and have a support structure in a community of people to hold them accountable to it and to push themselves and to work hard. And that is how like we have sort of just slowly over time built and developed this kind of awesome thing that we all get to be a part of. And I get really excited, also nervous. Uh, I get nervous about, you know, the future of, you know, friendship at new locations because I, I worry about how much of our base, like our community and having that deep solid structure of awesome, amazing people who have been there for years, who are all willing to walk through the doors every day and challenge their way of thinking and challenge their way of being, introduce themselves to new people and be willing to provide guidance and support and help to people who are just trying to figure this new health and fitness thing out or just trying to figure this nutri- you know new nutrition thing out or some new challenging movement like a squat snatch and you know you look to the left or the right and it's like hey i've got you know number 2 and star fox and they both can just give you like a smile and be like look we've all been there man we've all struggled with this movement 
been, you know, I've been doing this for 10 years. I still struggle with this movement. It's not a big deal. Just keep working at it. You'll get better. And like, that's why this is awesome. That's why this is cool. That's why we work on cleans and snatches and and pull-ups and muscle-ups and handstands and these things, because that challenge, just the process of dealing with that little bit of confrontation, that little bit of challenge, that little bit of struggle that faces you every day. And then you make it out of it and you get a little bit better and you challenge yourself. That proves something to you and makes your mental state better, makes you a stronger, more resilient person, makes us a stronger, more resilient community and prepares you to be the support structure for somebody else in the future. And, you know, I think if, you know, I have a lot of great mentors in my life, but, you know, one of the things that I'm most proud of in my relationship with Maria is when, you know, she tells me that I was her support structure to starting to figure some of this stuff out and to help guide her and call her out when, you know, she's slipping or, you know, have these harder discussions as a family because I know the type of person that she wants to be and she knows the type of person that I want to be. And we can now have open, clear, honest communication and challenge each other. That's a beautiful thing in a relationship. Like some of the most beautiful relationships you have are probably the ones where you can actually challenge each other honestly, openly. And you know that it's not going to damage the relationship when you challenge that person. It's rare. And I, I like to think that I'm blessed with a lot of different relationships where I have that with those people. And the more of those you have, the more kind of like solid, I guess I I think about it as like an investment, the more solid of an investment you've got, right? Because you're going to have this really big support structure where if you start to fade at all, you've got like 26 people around you who are going to look out for you, who are going to ask you what's going on, who are going to talk to you about it. Like if I didn't work out for three days, really two days or even one day, a lot of times, you know, how many of the coaches go, Hey, are you working out today? When are you going to work out? Have you worked out this week? Like right on top of me all the time. Right. Not to mention just the, the people who work out with me, like the members, you guys, the members of the community. And that's amazing. Like that keeps me, you know, keeps me going, keeps me coming back. Like there are people who are worried about me and my physical well-being enough to make sure that I'm held to account on that. And, you know, it's the same thing with anything. Like if I started, you know, if I just ate nothing but cheese, pizza and Oreos for like a day, like Maria would just like, no, like we need to eat healthy. She'd throw it away like she'd get dialed in or vice versa. Right. Like uh, Maria with her with her cookie dough lately, I've, I've had to get on top of her about it. And those are things that like, that's what we're here doing for each other. And the more that you can develop that, the more that you can give, the more you're holding people accountable, the more that you're going to build that relationship with them so that they feel comfortable to hold you accountable. And the more of those resilient relationships you have, the the less of a chance of failure you're going to have, right? And failure is just quitting. That's all it is. Like that's all, that's all failure looks like is quitting and taking the easy way out. And that for me is it like I I don't when people end up canceling their memberships or quitting, if they're quitting so that they can go take on some new pursuit or so that they can go and, you know, go and do Brazilian jiu jitsu or go and run a sprint try or go and compete in powerlifting or Olympic lifting like those things like that doesn't really discourage me because that's that I don't have a problem with that because I know that they're just 
taking on a new challenge that's going to be very challenging, that's going to be a tough pursuit. It's going to cause them to get into, you know, just as much discomfort, if not more, if they're trying to really push themselves towards that capacity. What failure looks like to me and what is really disappointing is when people quit out of apathy or comfort. And when you try to help guide them or coach them, I don't have the relationship where they feel comfortable with me asking like, Hey, well, what are you going to go on to next? Like, what's your plan here for your future? And they just don't email you back or they don't call or text you back because they know that they're giving up on themselves deep down. Like they know that they're quitting, that they're taking the easy way out. And that to me is super sad when you see somebody who, you know, quits and takes the easy way out and then you see them six months later, they haven't exercised, they're not eating healthy, they're not in a good place, they're mentally not challenging themselves and they have nobody in their spectrum, no friends, no family, no significant others who are actually really legitimately concerned about that. And that sucks. And that's the biggest thing, you know, we talk about change the world one friend at a time. That's what we're talking about is be the person in other people's lives who is the game changer, who is the person who goes out of their way to make sure that that person is held accountable, that they don't slip, that they don't quit, that it's not easy for them. Right. And that's the thing. Like if I I can't stress this enough, if you don't care about what your significant other is doing from a health, happiness, and well-being standpoint, if you're not engaged in that conversation with them, then you're failing them. And that's unacceptable. That's something that we've got to work on. That has to be a communication point. That has to be something where we understand the type of person that the person wants to be mentally, that they're eating healthy and they have a clear mind and that they're taking care of their mind and body. And that will then breed that confidence and support structure so that you can be on the same wavelength and continue to challenge each other. But if we're not having that conversation at all, if we don't care, then you're failing that person. Not caring is not acceptable in a relationship. That's what you're there for is to care, to be the person who cares the most in their whole life. And so just some stuff for you guys to kind of think about today. So that's going to wrap up our, our friendship pyramid discussion. Um, you know, that really, if, if you buy into this stuff, like we talked about earlier, you will get what you give. If you buy into this, if you are a big part of our community and you support the people in your life and you are working on your own pyramid the right way. So you wake up every day, you do a little bit of mental health work before the end of the day, you do a little more little meditation, communication, read a little bit, listen to some podcasts, develop yourself, critically think, challenge the way that you think. You're working on your nutrition, you're working on your movement, develop your conditioning. Every now and again, you push yourself outside of your comfort zone. You sign up for something, you do a competition, you you tap into a new level of intensity and you support other people and you hold them to task because that's the type of community that we are. I, I can't see how you can't find success in that. And nowhere in here did we talk about like alternative life stuff. But I believe that this is the structure for you to work on you. And I truly believe that if you dial all these things in, that if you work on you, anything else you're doing, you're just going to knock out of the park. Doesn't matter professionally, financially, um, you know, any of your ambitions, right? As a parent, as a family member, as a son, as a daughter, anything like if you've got this stuff dialed in, 
and you're like in the best mental place you can be. You're eating perfectly. You have perfect clarity of mind, right? You have no nutritional issues, no health issues. You move really well and you get your blood flowing every day. You get that dopamine hit. You got great heart health and conditioning. You can go for hours. You have energy all day and you have a bunch of people around you who support you and love you and care about you and who challenge you. If that's what you're looking at, then I cannot see how you wouldn't be successful, how there's not going to just be a ton of people who want to be around you, who want you to be a part of their company, who want to invest in you, who want, who believe in you and care about you. So that this is it. This is sort of my path for success for people. And this is where I think if you start here and let's say, let's just say you're at the very bottom right? And you know, you just got a divorce and you lost your job and you have no savings and you have no money and you're borderline on homeless. And, you know, I mean, shit, you're in America. So even then it could still be worse, right? You get, let's say you get shipped off to, you know, like some, you know, East Africa country with, with no running water, no food sources available. You're in the desert. Like if that's where you are, first thing you got to start with, got to start with your mental place because that's going to be the only way that you're going to be, you know, capable of developing and capable of getting out of that shithole. Same thing. Like if you're a prisoner of war or whatever it is, every prisoner of war who's ever been successful will always tell you that it starts and ends with your mental state. And so let's dial in on this stuff, guys. This is kind of the the wrap up conversation for this. I hope you guys enjoy it. Same thing. If you guys feel like this is going to help somebody, please send it to them. And I hope you guys have a great week. I've got one later this week that's going to discuss my upcoming seminar on Saturday, which I'm super excited about with Meredith or on Sunday. Sorry, Uh, Sunday. Oh, man, I should get the date. All right. Sunday, September 22nd at 1 p.m. I'm super excited for that. It's a huge passion project of mine is working on uh, the sort of path and plan to help guide and mentor uh, kids who are sort of in my place when they were 17, 18, 19 years old or beyond 2022, 20, 25, 26. When I got out of the army, I didn't, I still wasn't super dialed in with things and start to discuss alternative paths. And a lot of it gets back to this stuff, but provide a support structure and accountability structure for people that they can give to their kids or just help them plan out their path with college better so that kids go into it with better decision-making processes, more open eyes, family Please understand the financial, you know, consequences of that. So I'll do my podcast on that later this week. I hope you guys look forward to that. And if you guys can come on Sunday, I would love to see you. Thanks.